Rich Obler's Plays. A Story in the Night. I've been looking for you. And I for you. Look, Linda, this party, it's getting a little too much for me. It's a great night. How about a little walk on the beach? All right. But quickly, before someone changes my mind. Get your wrap? No. I'll let the moonlight keep me warm. (laughs) (sighs) That is good. Careful. Night air. You know, I never could understand the hunters. They build this place here on the shore, and then... When they give a party, they seal the windows hermetically. Here, down this path. Mm, that breeze off the sea is good. Don't you think so? Frankly, Carl, I didn't come out here for the air. I've been very anxious to talk to you. Very. Oh, that's flattering. It won't be when you hear why I want to talk to you. Carl, I've always liked you. And I... Liking you. you, I've tried to understand you as you are, but... Must you be so antisocial... Anti-social? Me? The Rensalls had a dinner party last night. Oh, that? At the office, I couldn't break away. The Carters were expecting you the night before last at the theater. Linda, I'm a businessman. Carl, you can't disappoint people continually and expect them to have any regard for you. My friends know I'm a busy man. You and I belong to a set that demands certain obligations from us. I wonder if you know how pompous that sounds. Pompous or not, it's the truth. You can't just ignore social obligations. Well, I'm here, am I not? Uh, ocean's rather calm, isn't it? They were talking about you only last week at the Pages. Pages? Say, J.B. made a good thing out of International Motors last week. Must have cleaned up a quarter of a million. Someone mentioned your name, and this other person laughed and said, don't invite him unless you expect me to bring his stock ticker. Hmm? I did, and I... I hear the same about you wherever I go, Carl. There isn't a man I know who spends as much time at work as you do. Well, if that's what I want, why shouldn't I? Carl, understand me. I appreciate the importance of money, but after all, you could find time for your friends. <laughs> why do you laugh? I just remembered why I wanted to be alone with you. Well? I was going to lecture you. What? Yes, yeah, lecture, really, I was. I was going to tell you that you've been burning the candle socially at both ends. Or words to that effect. Really? Well, you are, you know bazaars and style shows and all that nonsense. But you took the offensive so quickly, I forgot what I wanted to say. And that reminds me... You're remembering a great number of things, aren't you? Yes. One of the things was to tell you that you're looking very lovely tonight. The man's human. You're irritated with me, aren't you? I am. Carl, you could be an utterly charming man if you'd forget your stocks and bonds and debentures and all the rest of that for a while and start enjoying life. Linda... Now you've got me irritated. Just because my idea of living doesn't include a room full of jabbering idiots... I think we'd better go back. Now, wait a minute. Linda, I want you to... Oh, Linda, Linda, let's call a truce on this. After all, we're a couple of mature people. Let's act maturely and leave each other alone and enjoy the night. How about it? You're hopeless, but... All right. Good. We'll get off on safe subjects. The sea, the weather, the moon, June... Uh, the number of days to Christmas. Exactly. See, we'll start with a C. 
calm, isn't it? Don't walk so fast, Carl, please. Uh-oh, I forgot. Sand must be ruining your slippers. No, beach is packed so hard. I'm quite all right. Just don't walk too fast. Right. Fine place the hunters have here. They do have successful parties. Hunter bought this place right before 29. Tried to unload it all through the Depression. Couldn't even get enough to cover the land value. Did you hear about Ivy's debut? Margaret naturally wanted to have it at the Claremont, but Tom insisted on their country place. Poor Tom. Dropped plenty in that amalgamated merger. Amazing. A man of his experience not knowing that you can't disturb the capital of an investment and an organization... Now, just a minute, Mr. Laughlin. If you're thinking of starting on capital investments again, I'd better remind you that this conversation is limited to, uh, remember, June moon. (laughs) What moon? Well, of all the inconsiderate clouds I have... Carl, what are you staring at? I, uh, I can't quite make it out. Uh, do you see anything down there near the water's edge? Why, yes. There is something there. Uh, it's so dark. Carl, it moved. I saw. Is it a dog? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's go closer. Uh, now, Linda, wait. Hey, uh, Linda, come back. Carl, come quickly. What is it? Look, someone sitting in sand. <laughs> well, who in the world? Oh, drunk. Just someone who lost his way to the bar. Come on. Now, Linda, wait. Wait for what? Well, I'd better see who it is and give him a hand. All right, you must say the good Samaritan. Go ahead. I say there, fellow. What in the world's the drunken fool doing? Digging for clams? I'll have to get closer. Uh, I say they're all boy. You're going to get a little wet there when the tide comes in, aren't you? Well, drunk and dumb. Ah, yes, you're right. Let's go on. No, wait, please. But why? The moon will be out in a moment. I want to see what he's doing. Here, there, there. Now, now we'll see. Why, it's an old man. Writing in the sand. What are you doing here? Guess he just won't talk. <laughs> How do you like that? Writing in the sand with the point of his finger. Carl, I... I don't like this at all. Come away. Well, Linda, what is it? Nothing. Nothing at all. If this, this old man wants to sit here in the dark and stand, why, let him. What does it concern us? But what's he writing? I can't quite make out. Oh, the moon went under. Carl, he's staying here? I'm sorry. I want to see what the old man's writing. What are you writing, old man? Old man, don't you hear me talking to you? Carl, you're being insufferable. Linda, where's your curiosity? Deserted beach after midnight. An old man writing heaven knows what in the sand. Aren't you interested in knowing? I'm not interested in maniacs. Who else but a psychopath would sit like that? Linda, wait. Moon's coming through the clouds again. Now I'll see. (laughs) You see it, too. Writing names in the sand. Names of people. Carl. What what is it? His face. What did you say? Face. Did you see his face? No. No, I didn't see it. Linda, what's the matter? Face. What about his face? Plastered clouds. I can't see. Oh. Light again. There's, there's nothing wrong with his face. I, uh, 
I thought... Just an old man. Must be a gardener. <laughs> Writing names in the sand. I want to know who he is. Well, now you're curious. I want to know who he is, Carl. And I'm certainly going to find out. Old man, we insist on knowing who you are. Do you hear me, old man? We insist. <laughs> no attention. Must be death. Clouds covering the moon. Sea so green. Carl, I'm cold. Let's go in. Now, if that isn't like a woman. One minute you're curious, and the next minute you're, you're cold. The moon's bright now. Look, you can see some of the names he's writing. John. Berkeley. March. Second. Nineteen. Forty-one. Well, how do you like that? He wiped the name out and he's writing another one. George. Ellison. March. Second. Nineteen. Forty-two. Wipe that one. Writing another. Name after name. But Why? Old man, can you hear me? Why? What? What do you say? He's certainly not drunk. Eyes so bright, so intent on his work. <laughs> what work? Carl, don't laugh. Huh? What did you say? He seems so busy. <laughs> Linda, what is there about this old man that disturbs you? I think he's funny. Carl. Dirty little unshaven old man, crouched over, writing names in the sand with the point of his finger. It's a serious career, isn't Carl. it? A career for one's old age. No overhead, no competition, no profit. Sit in the open air and write in the sands of time. Linda, I tell you, when I get too old for Wall Street, I think I'll join this old man. Carl. Huh? C-A-R. Carl, look. Your name. He's writing your name. Well, what do you know about... C-A-R. Hell. The old fraud can here. Must have overheard you say my name. Oh, your last name. He's writing that, too. But, but that's impossible. He doesn't know. He is writing it. L. A. My name? He doesn't know who I... You. G. How slowly he forms each letter. Oh. How does he know? What does he write? Carl, what is it? I, I don't know. Feel sick. Carl! Don't let me fall. Oh, man! Oh, man, help me! Please help! He's finishing my Oh, name. man, help me! My friend, he's ill. Can't breathe. Carl, I can't hold you. Help me. Someone help me! Oh, you're standing up again. I feel all right. Oh, what happened? How did you frighten me so? My name in the sand. Where? Sir came in and wiped it out before he'd finished. Old man. 
Why did you write my name? How did you know who I was? Answer me. Why did you write my name? What difference does that make? You're ill. Let's get back to the house. No, no, I feel fine. Sudden dizziness, but I'm all right now. I want to know how and why this He's old... He's writing again. Huh? L-I-N. Your name? Yes. D-A. Carl, take me home. Wait. You can't possibly know your last name. J-E. Oh, please. I... I just don't... He does know it. Yeah. He... Ah. Writing so slowly as if he wasn't quite sure. But he does know it. Linda, how in the world do you imagine he knows? Linda. Carl. Carl, help me. Linda, what is it? Uh... Oh... Me? Yes, yes, I'm holding you. Linda, in heaven's name, what is it? My heart. Falling. Falling. Linda. Linda. Linda! Carl. What? Carl, why are you holding me? You, you were ill, fainting. I? What are you talking about? Uh, are you joking? What is there a joke about? Please let go of me. All right. My name. He was writing my name. Yes. Where is it? Sam. He's writing another name. Where's mine? That wave must have washed it out before he I... finished. I remember now. My heart. I couldn't see. Darkness. I was falling. Yes. Falling. Your face so white. Carl, why? As he wrote my name, I... I felt as if I were dying. <gasps> and then you... You felt the same way, too, as he wrote your name, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did. Cold it is here. Cold. He's still writing. <laughs> the moon. Gone. Oh, stay by me. Yes. He's still there. Darker. Than the darkness. I can't stand it anymore. Oh, man. Who are you? Who? Linda, stay away from him. Don't. No. Linda. What is it? Linda. No one. What? No one. Here. But he was here. I saw him. Carl, find him. Find him and talk to him. I've got to know. I've got to. Old man. Old man. Where are you, old man? There he is there. Far down the beach. We've got to catch him. Come. Old man, wait. Old man. Old man, wait. I beg you. Wait. Old man, wait. I want to talk to you. I... There he is. Where? Out the other way, at the edge of the water. Old man, wait! Old man! Wait for me, Carl! Wait! Wait! Carl, why do you stop? No one. I thought I saw him. 
But there's no one. If only the moon came out again. Find him for me, Carl. Find him for me. You blasted moon. Come out. Come out. Oh, man. just heard the wind. Our friends back at the house. Friends? Yes, friends, friends. That wind and the sound of them talking, it, it cleared my head. My life has been like my business. Everything has had debits and credits. This that's been happening to us. My head's clear now, and I can think of it in practical terms. Tell me. We met an old man writing in the sand. He wrote my name. And mine, too. All that was real enough. Now then, how did he know our names? Yes simple enough. You and I are not unknown. He must have been an old garden on the estate here. Y yes, that's it. He'd heard of us. Then heard us call each other by our given names, and so he knew the rest of it. But uh, when he wrote our names, we... we... Yes, yes, I know. Uh, the dizziness. Oh, it's all quite easily explained. It, back in the house, the air was bad. We came outside. The both of us nerves on edge. Too much fresh air. Dizziness followed. Oh, I talk about it anymore. Let's get back to the house. Carl. Yes, quickly. Careful now, not so fast. You'll fall. No, I'm all right. Faster, Carl. I want to get back. A drink, that's what I need. A drink, or two, or three, a dozen. It's so very dark. Infernal clouds. Let's stay along the water's edge. Easier to walk. Yes. Fantasy of the night, that's all it was. We let our imaginations run away with us. Yes, imagine things that didn't exist. Why do you stop? Carl. Why are you pointing? <gasps> He's writing again. He's there, writing again. Oh, man. Oh, man! Go, don't leave me! Go! It's so dark! Go! Gone again. Gone again. Carl, take me back to the house. Quickly, quickly, don't stand there. We'll run. We'll. Wait. The moon, shining down so strangely. Everything so strange. So strange. Yes. Carl, the edge of the water. What? Our names. Our... Names. Our names in the sand. See them? Yes. There's a date written after my name. And after mine. I can't see. The date. Oh. The wave is coming. Linda, come back. No, I've got to see. Linda! I saw. I did, too. The date when I... The date when I... Oh, oh no... Oh, it isn't true. It isn't. It isn't. A date within the sand, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. It doesn't. Does it, Linda? I didn't think it would be so soon. You believe? Yes. I do, 
too, somehow. So soon. Oh. No, I won't believe. I won't. I'm going to live for a long time. Fifty, sixty more years. My family, they lived long lives. My father, my grandfather. This can't be true. Carl, don't be so afraid. You're not? I am. And yet, somehow it's wonderful. Wonder? Yes. Wonderful. But every person in the world wants to know. We know. You and I. It'll be spring that year when I... No. No, don't think about it that way. The wonder of it, Carl. Think of that. I've never thought much of the wonder of things. How good the air is. Like wine. I heard them call it that. I never believed a breath could be so wonderful. If a man planned every minute that was left, how much he could do. That's why I say it's wonderful, Carl. I know what I have left. I can plan the days, the hours, live each one because I know just how many of them I have. Carl. Carl, I'm almost happy now. Happy? Yes. Yes, why not? Now I'll do the things I wanted to. Yes, every one. Listen to them back there. I never really wanted that, Carl. But you always... Because that was the path my mother had gone. And the one she led me to. But all the time, the snobbery of money and those silly little family destinies. I wasn't happy because it really wasn't what I wanted I knew that, but I went on because, because there was a tomorrow. I said to myself, tomorrow, some new tomorrow, I'll start the life I want. I didn't know. Now I know my tomorrows, Carl. I've got to start now. So I will. And so I'm happy. What child? Yes, I want a child. There, I've said what I never thought to say. How I used to laugh at people with their children. Such clever, brittle talk. All the time my heart was in my eyes. Child. Listen. On the wind... night call. Look up. The stars are singing. They know I'm free. For a little while I'm free. And you, Carl, what will you do? I? What will I do? Yes. What will you do tomorrow morning? I, tomorrow morning, I'll go back to my business, of course. My business. No. No. Oh, you're holding me. Yes. Then to you and I, 
We've got to be together. Oh. You're right. There can be happiness in it. For these days and months, we're free. The world. We'll climb up to those singing stars of yours. When I was a boy, I always thought I'd do that. Travel. Tomorrow. There'd always be a tomorrow for me. Yes, I was immortal. I, I thought that, really. Most of us do, don't we? Everybody else in the world would live their lives and die. But I, always inside myself, I thought I'd live forever. So I climbed into a cage and stayed there. You're holding me so close. You and I, Linda. Together. Free. Until that day. Say it. Say it. Oh, my dear. Why did it take death to teach us how to live? Gentlemen, this is Arch Ovaler. In tonight's play, Mirage, it was our pleasure to have with us Nan Sunderland, known to all of us as also as Mrs. Walter Houston, and Edmund McDonald, who is soon to be seen in the Joseph Pasternak production of Destry Rides Again, a new universal picture. Next week, well, next week, three short plays of Men and Their Ways. Hometown the Circle, and State Executioner, featuring Ray Collins. Arch Obler's Plays. A Story in the Night.
Schobler's plays are presentations of the National Broadcasting Company and are heard in Canada through the facilities of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Tonight's play came to you from Hollywood's Radio City. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Young America, the story of one man who moved with it, Mark Dillon, United States Marshal. Oh, a man there lives on the western plains with a ton of spice and an ounce of brains, who herds the cows as he robs the trains and goes by the name of Cowboy. He was part of it. A singing saddle bum, a cowboy, a drifter. They all drifted here to Dodge City one time or another. The end of the track and the start of the wilderness. A dumping ground of odds and ends, beginnings, and leftovers. It's a place to stop and take the kind of pleasure you need. It's a place to pass through. Sometimes it's a place to die. My part of it was a sun-charred shack rent paid by the United States government. And a marshal's badge, furnished free. I was at the window watching the heat plump itself with Kansas dust and roll in towards the town when the door opened. Your name, Dylan? You're the United States Marshal? She was about 50. Hat, poke bonnet, dress, gingham, shoes, beaded Indian moccasins. I heard about you in Goldseye. They said there was a steady marshal here. Been living for six months running. Well, they've been lying to you. Four months. They say you can break a man's heart at 50 yards. I say you and your guns already done that. What's on your mind? Why don't you to saddle up and get down to Gaujai? Why? My husband. My husband owns the white buffalo. Roulette, music, drinks. They say the roulette wheel's crooked. Look, ma'am, half the roulette wheels in the West are probably crooked. Maybe. But in Gaujai, they kill a man for running a crooked wheel. Well, look, ma'am, I Abigail don't... Abigail Contrarius, that's my name. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Contrarius, you don't need a marshal. You need an honest husband. That wheel's no more crooked than you are. Leastwise, from all I hear about you. If it was, I wouldn't take none of the money's won from it. Oh, sure. Don't show me, Marshal. The money don't just mean money to me. It means books for Indian kids and writing stuff, slates and all. Oh, missionary. Huh, me? With a gambler and a philanderer and a toper for a husband? I teach Indian kids, that's all. Teach them to behave and a little learning, that's all. That's good work, ma'am. These towns could use more people like you. Never mind that. If I don't get help, those kids will go back to their wild ways and I'll have a dead husband. You coming? Do I have to ride that mule some more? 
drive him back to Gouja. I'll be alone. Make it soon, Marshal. There'll be a convulsion down there if you don't. It was night when the town of Gaujai came out of the wilderness and beckoned to me like a painted skinny hag. If Dodge City had a tougher sister, this was it. I rode up to the white buffalo and started to tie my horse to a hitching post whittled to the shape of a Pawnee girl when... Suddenly, the gun in my back told me I wasn't alone. You won't like it here, Marshal. Pretty as it is, you won't like it. No? No, and uh, don't turn around, Marshal. I'm shy and I'm modest and I embarrass easy. Isn't that so, Harold? <laughs> you see, Harold thinks it's so. Harold had his tongue clipped. Apaches. Maybe it was too long. Oh, now, that's not a genteel thing to say to Harold, Marshal. He takes offense. I'm new here. Back in Dodge City, the etiquette's a little more formal. Then go back to Dodge. We're very happy here in Gaujai. Like little birds. You could spoil it. I was invited. Special invitation. Well, the party's over. Now, Harold. Now! Something lashed out across my skull. A bead of glass splintered my brain. From far, far away, I heard some words. Like I said, Marshal. I wanted to kill him, but I couldn't. I didn't know who he was. I hadn't seen his face. But I knew what... A crazy giggle. When I opened my eyes, I was in Gaujai's dirt. I picked myself up and waited till the town stopped its dizzy dance. On its third time round, I spotted a horse trough. I stuck my head and get rid of the blood on my face. I finally pushed my bones to the swinging doors of the white buffalo. It was the usual kind of place, like Mrs. Contrary had said. Roulette, music, drinks. I got halfway across the floor toward the bar. Then I saw her and heard her. Slender, hair molded black. And something profane and exquisite distilled into her features. She looked at me, and when she spoke, it was as if she hadn't quit singing. Buenas noches, chico. Oh, a marshal. A marshal with a new scar and a muddy badge. <laughs> you buy a drink, huh, chico? Here's a buck. Buy yourself an egg. Where can I find the owner? Over there by the poker table. The goatee and pompadour. Thanks. Hasta la vista, marshal. Yeah, but he's seeing you. Your name, Contuarius? See, si. Oh, the marshal from Dodge City. Oh, you have the look of a large headache, senor. Yeah, someone else besides you and your wife was expecting them. Oh, muy my bad. It wasn't good. So I see. But I'm glad you have come, senor marshal. Look around. You see my place? The white buffalo, sole proprietor and owner, me, Rafael Ramon Jose Contuarius. Magnificent establishment, no? Mm-hmm. Looks like your magnificent establishment takes plenty. For weeks now, I am losing money on the roulette wheel. Still, people say it is crooked. Oh? Someone is swindling me, senor. This someone I swear I will kill, dead, unless you find him for me first. That is why my wife comes to you, asks you to come to Gauja. She had a little difference. She's afraid this someone might kill you first. Oh? Oh, that might happen. But not so long as he can swindle me. Why kill the chicken with the golden egg, senor? Mm -hmm. Well, let's have a look at this wheel of yours. Ah, see. Si. Follow me. 
Who's your spinner? Greg Hagen. Base croupier in the territory. Uh-huh. Suppose you let me look around myself. Ah, you wish, senor? You'll find that someone who is swindling my wheel. See? I'll give it a try, Mr. Confarius. Bueno. Confarius left me alone. I watched the table for a while. Nothing happened. Wheel didn't look crooked. And if it was being swindled, it was done clever. Finally, I moved around near the croupier. Hagen. Yeah? See you a minute. What for? Oh, Marshal. Yeah. Bill, take over for a minute. Sure. Okay, Marshal. What can I do for you? This joint legitimate? Why ask me? Quantuarius. I know. Sole proprietor and owner. Rumor has it the wheel's rigged, is it? Suppose it is. Well, then, I could win. You could win, too. Maybe 25% of what I win, and Contuarius wouldn't know. Keep talking. We both got to live 50%. Now get this. Contuarius is my friend. Sorry I made a mistake. No hard feelings? Plenty hard feelings. I think I like it better back at the table. Look around yourself. Make up your own mind about the wheel. So I did. Mostly I hung around the roulette table. As far as I could see, the wheel was given the house and the customers an even break. Just about the time I started to walk away, two new players came up to the crowded table. One pasty face, handsome, and a weak chin sort of way. The other, a big silent hulk of a man with a drooping lower lip. They didn't seem to be together or even know each other. On the next spin, the ball fell into 29. Bounced out, rolled around 13. Finally, settled in double O. Just as it did, Pastyface reached out and put a hundred-dollar bill on double O. Greg Hagen, the croupier, looked up and spoke soft but fast. Sorry, mister, you placed your bet after the ball settled. The house can't accept it. I had that hundred dollars down before you started to spin. Pay me off. Sorry, mister, the house says you take back your money. Contrary. Pay me, brother, before I make brush out of this joint and you first. Any trouble, Greg? Yeah, this man placed a bet after the ball dropped. Ah, he's crazy. I had to bet down it plenty of time. So sorry, senor. The croupier is always right. Take your bill from the table. And if you please, get out. He did. Fast. Too fast. As he went, I started to remember his voice. I'd heard it before. It was the voice behind my back when I first hit town. And all of a sudden it made sense, and I knew I'd found out one way the Spaniard was getting rooked. Pasty face on the hulk for a team. When Pasty Face picked up the bill, there was a blue chip under it on double O, and the house paid off to the Hulk. All according to Hoyle, except for one thing. The Hulk hadn't placed any bets. It was a good stunt. There had to be more to it than that, so I gave Contuarius a nod and followed Pasty Face as he left. I got out of the casino just in time to see him disappear around the corner. I took it easy. Polite and easy. And a bullet nubbed the dust at my feet. I ducked into the shadows and whipped out my guns. A flash had come from a narrow passageway between two buildings. I'm in this alley, Marshal. Come on in and get me. Wait right there, kid. I'm waiting. He was in there somewhere. In that long slab of night that was too black to see through. Somewhere in there. I put my back against the wall and slid out. Strike a match. I want to see your face when it happens to you. Try me. <laughs> no, Marshal. You shoot first. You'll miss. You know that, Marshal. But I won't, because your gun flash will tell me where you are. Real clever. And that was clever what you did back at the White Buffalo. Honest, Injun? Now tell me about it. You and your friend, 
That was Harold, huh? A giggler with a talent for pistol whipping. Tell me some more about it. You throw down a hundred dollar bill with a blue chip underneath it after the ball drops. You get yourself thrown out. Harold collects thirty-five to one. Did Harold do that? Oh, Harold. Did you do that? <laughs> and there he was, framed in the entrance of the alley. I was caught between them, hasty face and a mute called Harold. The big guns in Harold's hands turned over and over. His face held all the evil in the world. You're all right, Harold. Take him. <laughs> he was shooting waist high along the wall. And he was getting close. There was only one thing to do. And I couldn't miss. You got Harold, Marshal, but you made a mistake. Your gun flash gave you away. <laughs> Opened my eyes, I was in a place I'd never been before. Kind of cottonwood clearing. I eased the wound in my shoulder, and from across a smoldering campfire, I saw her. The girl from the white buffalo. A morning sun lighted up the features of a man at her feet. It was Senor Rafael Ramon Jose Contuales. And the bullet hole in the middle of his forehead gave him an extra flourish. Now it was Senor Rafael Ramon Jose Contrarius de C. And the pretty Senorita was singing a love song. Back to Gunsmoke in just a moment. Combining modern detective methods with secrets of the mysterious East, the Green Llama offers CBS listeners a new thrill now on Sundays. Once he has heard of a crime or an injustice, Jethro Dumont, a wealthy young American just returned from ten years in Tibet, brings into play his quick wit and knowledge of illusion to thwart the evildoers. Join him Sunday as he continues his fight against crime on this side of the Pacific, wearing green, the color of Tibetan justice, aided by Tulku, his trusted lieutenant. The Green Llama is a feature presentation of most of these same CBS stations. Now back to Mark Dillon, United States Marshal, and Gunsmoke. Without dreams. How do you know there were no dreams? Because I saw death give you a little piece of himself. And then right away on a black pony. Yeah, I'm lucky. Who are you? How'd you get here? They call me Tomas. I brought you here. The wagon over there in the burrow. You are muy lucky, Chico. The bullet was for your heart. But it sent itself in your shoulder. It was not your time to die. But it was Contrarius' time, huh? Perhaps his grave has been empty too long. And you knew him well? See, si. I knew him. Well enough to kill him. I did not kill him. Senor Contuarius was my protector. What did he protect you from? Himself? I like your mouth better when it is gentle, Chico. And who did kill him? <laughs> How would I know? He was there like that when we arrived. Why'd you bring me here? I like you, Chico. That's why I tell you. 
If you leave, go back to Dodge City. If you die, die in Dodge City. It is not good here for either one. Why didn't Pasty Face finish the job? Right after you were wounded, I came along. I... I persuaded him you were dead. He persuades easy, huh? He persuades easy. For Tamar. The shots were heard. People came. Singer Drew does not like attention. Drew? Ah, his name's Drew. But why here? What'd you bring me here for? I thought Conquarius could help you. After all, he was your friend. How'd you know that? I saw you talking together in the White Buffalo. But tonight, out of the darkness, death found Conquarius. Conquarius! Conquarius! Where is he? Where is he? Answer me, woman, or I'll horsewhip you within an inch of your life. There, senora. Hello, Marshal. Enjoying yourself? Get up, Contrarius. Get up. He's dead, ma'am. He shouldn't be lying there on the cold ground. I'll lift him into the cart. I will help you, senora. If you so much as touch him, I'll kill you. Come along. Contrarius. Give me that blanket, Marshal. You won't need it. Sure. Here, ma'am. You're pretty strong to lift him by yourself. I've done it before. You're hurt, Marshal. I'll be all right. You can come, too, if you want to, Marshal. I'll take you back to town. Yes, ma'am. I didn't think she'd make it, but she did. Somewhere on that long wagon ride back to town, she squeezed a tear onto her cheek. Just one tear, but for Mrs. Contuarius, there was a major emotion. The sun was doing its best to char the wood frame buildings when we hit Gaucho. All right, Marshal. Get out of the wagon. Why bring me back to Gaujai just so I could pick my own gutter? That door. That check door right over there. Try it. Get up. Oh, come on, Dylan. All you have to do is lift your arm and knock on the door. Yeah? Wow, Marshal. What's the offer this time? 150%? Hey, you're hurt. Come on in. Thanks. Who sent you here? Mrs. Contuarius. Oh. I'd better cut away that shirt. Why'd she send me here, Greg? Not neat, Marshal. Not neat at all. Why here, Greg? You a duck? Lie still. I'll get some things. You haven't answered my question. I do things with my hands, Marshal. Spin roulette wheels and extract bullets between spins. You a duck? Yeah, I'm a duck. Was. Had a shingle. Shiny one. And they said I couldn't have it anymore. They had a word for it. Malpractice. They said I did something. What are you looking at? That roulette wheel on the table over there. What's the matter, Greg? Don't you get enough practice at the white buffalo? You want this wound fixed or not? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Say, Greg. Yeah? I once heard about a croupier clever enough to spin a wheel and drop a ball into any slot he wanted. Hit it about once out of five times. Not bad. Once in four is better. What about him? I could mention it to Mrs. Contuarius. Round up you and Drew and go back to Dodge City. Drew? pasty-faced guy. The guy who pulled the fast trick with the chip and the hundred-dollar bill last night. I didn't know him. 
I refused the bet, didn't I? Yeah, that's what doesn't fit. I'd stop worrying about it if I were you, Marshal. I could keep this wound open and let it bleed. On the other hand, you could take the bullet out. Yeah, I could do that. And I'd owe you something. I wouldn't have to remember you to Mrs. Contrarius. It's like this, Marshal. First, I just wanted to tame the wheel. Then it got out of hand. Tamar have anything to do with it getting out of hand? What do you know about... I'm ready to take the bullet out, Marshal. You're going to keep what you know to yourself? Take the bullet out. I'll bite my lip. Yeah. Do that, Marshal. It's a nice pose. I bit my lip, but all I got was pain in my mouth. I didn't need that. There was enough pain. It was a pain that was painted in red, and it couldn't decide whether it was a flame or an icicle. When I woke up, Greg was talking to someone. It didn't take long to recognize the voice. You should have let him die, Chico. You will only cause trouble. He's got nothing on me. Only trouble I got is you. Every man in town. You couldn't even leave the marshal alone. Come here, you're crazy. I found the marshal in the cottonwood clearing, like I told you. He was there when I came. Yeah. Keeping your little rendezvous with Contrarius. I warned you, Tamar. I told you if I ever caught you with Contrarius again, I'd kill him, and I did. I'm sorry I heard you say that, Greg. Don't be sorry. Just leave town. I could have let you die. I'm going to take you, Greg. But first, I'm going to give you some advice. Yeah? Get rid of Tamar. One of her stories is bad, either the one she told you or the one she told me. Don't listen to him, Chico. She told me she brought me to the cottonwood clearing, persuaded Drew that I was dead. If that's true, then it follows that Drew's cutting your time the same as Contuarius was. You can't kill everybody Tamar takes up with. The marshal talking through his wound, Tamar? He's delirious. He's lying, Greg. I found him in the clearing, as I told you. Well, Greg, what do you believe? Me or Tamar? Get out, Marshal. Get out and leave town. Can't, Greg. Not yet. Got to take you. Also, there's a personal matter to attend to. I could have let you die, Marshal. Remember? Yeah. I'll testify at your trial. Kill him, Greg. Kill him now. Shut up. You know, Tamar, you've got too many friends. It's a lie. Everything he says is a lie. Maybe. We'll stay one more night in Gaujai. Just one more night. That's all we'll need. No good, Greg. I'll have to take you. With your shooting arm in a sling? I don't think so. I'll gamble on it, Greg. Want odds? I got up and left Greg's shack. He didn't try to stop me. One thing about Greg, he wasn't afraid of me or anybody else. I went back to the white buffalo and waited. About an hour later, Mrs. Contuarius drove up. She was wearing black. She'd just come from her husband's funeral. Send me your good arm, Marshal. I don't want to rip this dress. Yes, ma'am. There you are. Was it a nice funeral, ma'am? Yes, Marshal. The kids behaved real nice. You've done a good job on them, ma'am. Thanks. Come in and have a drink, Marshal. You look peaked. I followed her into the casino. Then an hour began to fill up. I hid myself behind the stairs where I had a clear view of the roulette table and waited. About eight... Tamar walked through the door. Tamar in a dress of red. Tamar buckled with silver. She strolled over to the table and put some chips on the black as Greg spun. There was no sign of recognition between them. Seven black. Seven pays black. Hit it about once out of five times. Not bad. Once in four is better. 
What about him? What times and she lost? After a while, she stopped playing colors and switched to single numbers, 35 to 1. She kept on winning, but one out of four, like Greg said. In an hour, there was roughly $20,000 stacked in front of her. Just before she bet number 13, I saw Greg fold his thumb under his palm and rub the side of his face. 13 black. 13 pays. Black pays. Lucky. You're very lucky tonight, Tamar. Tonight, senora? <laughs> but I'm always lucky at your tables, no? Not as lucky as tonight. Sorry, man, this is a private table from now on. You can all move to the second wheel right over there. Private table, senora? Yes. Just you and this gentleman. The man Abigail thumbed at over her shoulder was Mr. Drew in person. I put my good hand on my gun and prepared to finish my unfinished business. And I decided to wait for the piece to play itself out. I didn't know what Mrs. Contuarius had in mind, but this show was too good to spoil. Tamar, Greg, and Drew. I don't know. This is my last thing. That's all right, Tamar. All Mr. Drew wants is just one spin. Right, Mr. Drew? Yeah, just one spin with the little lady. But I... Mr. Drew, huh? Yeah. But I do not feel like batting We'll him. spin once more. Bueno. All of my chips on number one. Hmm. Number one, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's a good number. Number one. I'll take 10000 in gold on number one. Three red. Three pays. Red pays. Why, you double... No, no! no. <laughs> Greg didn't have a chance. The knife he tried to draw was hammered back by the bullets that tore through his hand and across his chest. Suddenly his face changed. He looked young and hurt. And ashamed of the blood that he couldn't hold back. It'll make me happy if no one tries to follow us. Let's go, Tamar. He held his guns like they were dogs on a leash that could snap easy. He waited for Tamar to scoop up the money. Then they backed out of the casino. You let him get away, Marshal! I don't think so, ma'am. He knows I'll come and get him. He'll be waiting for me. He'll be wanting to finish me off if he can. And I'm going to give him his chance. I figured there was only one place to look And there they were Resting easy in the cottonwood clearing <laughs> I knew you'd have to come after me, Marshal <laughs> You're funnier than an actor I saw one once in Dodge <laughs> You're funnier <laughs> Maybe you laugh too easy, Drew Like you kill too easy <laughs> A marshal with a gun arm and a sling chasing a killer <laughs> Go away, Marshal Go away while there's still time I got nothing but time I'll wait You're wrong, Marshal You've got no time at all Yeah? <laughs> Chico Chico, this I do not believe. It is impossible that someone could shoot faster than Senor Drew. And with your left hand. Oh, Chico, you are so very quick with your gun. I like that about a man. Take it easy, Tamar. Come on, let's go. Go? Not now, Marshal. There's time. Sit here. Sit here next to Tamar. Like this? 
Gee. You know what I think? Chico, Chico, don't talk now. I think he had a great thing with Greg. He could put that ball on any number you bet on. Only that wasn't enough for you. But it doesn't matter now, darling. You thought you could double your profits by throwing in with Drew. Maybe you were going to double cross him, too. I don't know. Don't worry about it, Chico. The money is yours, too. It belongs to Mrs. Contuarius. That's who's going to get it. What? What are you talking about? Take your choice. Come back with me to the jail in Gaujai, or I'll turn you over to Mrs. Contuarius. I don't think she could stand having you alive. You! Come on. This is the first time I've ever held a gun on a woman. Chico, surely, surely you are playing with me. You're an accessory to murder, Tamar. We'll go away together. You and I, Mako, New Orleans. Listen to me, Chico. You and I. Let's go, Tamar. Listen, listen to me. There's plenty of money, yours and mine. Listen to me. Listen. She put her arms around my neck and her lips close to my ear. And for a long time, for a long, long time, first in English and in Spanish, then in Cherokee, then in a language I couldn't recognize. She whispered at me every foul name in the book. She was talented. She didn't repeat herself once. Tamar didn't understand that a marshal had a job to do and that the job got done. back to Dodge, I came across a cottonwood clearing I'd never noticed before. I rode down into it. A small animal scurried off a log and lost itself in the shadows. And I was alone. And for a time after that, for a long time after that, I thought about Tamar. He'd given her her guitar, but I knew she wouldn't be singing much longer. The rest of the way home, the country was dust. Got inside of my mouth, and it stayed there. 